Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, Sanborna. Um, I greet you all in the spirit of the conclusion of the Formula One Championship, which is when we're recording this episode for you today. Of course, it's the final four podcast brought to you proudly by Guyasha Media, rather. And today we have a special sponsor, which might be responsible for me stumbling upon my words. It is Fox Apple Cider who are keeping us hydrated throughout the next hour that you will be with us on the Final Four podcast. And uh, today, amongst the Formula One concluding, which will be part of our discussion, we'll be speaking about also the football. There are things to speak about in the football because they always are with the top three being fierce as it is in the English Premier League. The Ashes have started as well. Um, that will be a nice one to speak about. Is the fire really burning so that the wood will burn and turn into ashes? And lastly, we'll be speaking about basically the officiating as sports since the previous weekend, even in this race that we've just watched. Some questionable officiating decisions, but I don't ever do these things alone. As every single week as we have, we have our studio panelists, but for it boy, Mr. Msuelu Fanele and MK, and our trusted man behind everything, Mr. Nkuli. But for greetings to you all in the spirits of MK. I can't get over it. I can't get over it. He's a staunch, a staunch Red Bull fan in his Red Bull jacket. MK, my man. Ah, strategic masterclass in Pesh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I have to say. All, all the cries about the FIA and leave those things. Why didn't Lewis Pitt, James Files was there analyzing the same data oh that Hannah had. And we pitted twice. Okay. Masterclass. Okay, that's the point. I guess you're feeling strategy, Fanele, dog. Look, man, uh, I just believe that Mercedes messed it up today. Um, they, they had it in the bag, especially after lap one. They had it in the bag. Even after Checo tried, they still had it in the bag, but they just messed it up with the two safety cars where they could have pit, and mm. they didn't. The, VC, the virtual safety car and mm. the safety car. Mm. But hey, man, it's the nature of sports, and you just have to go back to the drawing board tomorrow. We were all, if you go check out some of our social media pages, we were all up in arms. Some celebrating, some sad, but Bowie was the most calm and composed of us all. I wonder what was going on in your head, bro. I called it weeks ago. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna end this way. There will be some controversy. Let's go to <laughs> but I mean, what, what a race! What a day! What a season! Master predictions. So I think, yeah, we what a season. How are you, how are your betway slips looking, bro? Clearly, <laughs> we must trust in you now. Let's, let's not jinx it, but so far, <laughs> looking green, you know, looking green. Ah. We love it, but but so the race was actually um, the racetrack was modified this year. They said, okay, we are going to try to promote better racing, reprofiling some of the tracks. Was the race that entertaining? Was it that dope? Let's, let's just break it down even further with how the guys versed each other. Let's just talk about everything because there are some emotions to let out because I'm still very frustrated. <laughs> yeah, no, look, man, um, it, was a, it was an exciting race, I won't lie. Mm. Um, it had a bit of everything. You know, mm. there were points where you thought, uh, Hamilton had the race in the bag and it's gone. There were points where Merce uh, Red Bull fans believed, MK didn't believe, unfortunately. He thought that with 10 laps to go, 12, uh, he's 12 seconds behind, he's not going to make it up. Mm. You know, and then um, Latifi crashed uh, all by himself in Abu Dhabi. You know, these if, things of just... all the racetracks. You know, okay, were... it wasn't all by himself, but, you know, he, he crashed eventually. 
Um, and yeah, man, uh, just happened to play a part in the race, played a very big part in the race, a uh, very big part in the championship. Um, and unfortunately, it just didn't go in Lewis's way, man. And Max, who's been a great driver throughout the whole season, he managed to get his first world championship. So well done to him. Oh, well, you guys were talking about strategy. Remember oh, yes. when the race started, uh, Hamilton was on the slower tyre, Verstappen was on the quicker tyre, and all of a sudden, Hamilton was still ahead. And all of a sudden, the strategy just did Hail Mary. Look, man, I, mean, I think we had an exciting race. Um, Mercedes are currently protesting it, obviously, for the decisions made mm. towards the end. Mm. Um, I don't know if the stewards would throw Marcia under the bus like that because mm. it would bring a lot of things into into repute in the sport, you know. So I, I think it's going to stay, things the are going to stay the is. way they are, and obviously hope for that as well. But I think um, initially Max Verstappen, the nerves got to him. I think Max Verstappen didn't drive that well today. And I don't mm. think he deserved to win the race. And I'm speaking as a Red Bull fan. I think Lewis deserved to win the race. But for the season that he has had, mm. I think he definitely does deserve to win the Travis Championship. Um, well, had he not crashed um, in the qualifying Last race, to, yeah. to, to mess up his gearbox, the car would have been faster still. Mm. The car would have easily been able to make out of turn one first ahead of Lewis but of course he crashed in uh, what was the last race Jeddah Jeddah crashed mm. in Jeddah and the car's just not been as fast as it used to be especially on the soft tire so do I think that it's just um, someone getting reward for hard work yes mm. so you, you're basically blaming that gearbox that crash and then the gearbox failing uh, for today's starts as well probably. yeah 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 I think I think look man I think Max buckled under pressure Mm. For at least because we talked good, about that, mm. yeah, good four races. I think Max just didn't have the same level of composure Lewis Hamilton did. Mm. Lewis Hamilton was pulling away from Max Verstappen by like five seconds. So nicely, he though. was going to win this thing easily. So nicely, and then I don't know, Mick Schumacher might be preserving his dad's legacy there because <laughs> <laughs> hey, no. he forced it. Because then it doesn't make sense because he's in a house, right? Mm. Like, what is he fighting for? Mm. But of course. Um, the race ended the way it did. I don't know what um, kind of decision will come out of the FIA, but I expect them to protect Marcy, man. Ah, Doug, uh, you are going to go into the decisions? <laughs> I think, yeah, what a, I mean, it started, like you said, lap one, turn six. Different views. Some say Hamilton was pushed off the track. Some say Max had the advantage. Max break late. Okay, did Hamilton give the advantage back? You know, we were debating, did he really slow down enough to... You know, let, let Max catch up like they said. We didn't see it live, at least. Mm. You know, watching, we spoke about it. We didn't see it live. Apparently, he did. So, from lap one, we just knew that, you know, it's going to be a very interesting race. Two safety cars. For me, what's, what's funny is Mercedes literally, I think it was around lap 20-something, mm. were on the radio like, should we have a safety car, Lewis? Mm. Which tires do you prefer? They had a whole discussion. Mm. They planned for it. Mm. They had two safety cars and they didn't execute. So I'm just like, it's very interesting to see that, that they planned for this and then when the time came, they, they folded. It was very interesting, but how good was Checo, Jet? I feel, I feel like we, we can't just... No, of course. We can't just of let course. him go. Defending Masterclass, right? Over uh, one lap. Defending Masterclass. And I mean, his tires were basically gone. Because a soft tire is supposed to only last 15 laps. Mm. Checo was what defending that in what lap 19. Mm. He was defending Lewis Hamilton. 
you ask me, should have crashed into him. <laughs> Be <laughs> like, it's over. Mate, crash into him, put this thing in the bag, um, ignite the German within you. But I mean, Checo, Checo Perez, I, I've been very hard on him the whole year because I didn't think we didn't deserve to win the Constructors, mm. you know. I think he averaged fifth this year. His average is probably at fifth, and I thought the Red Bull was fast enough to win the Constructors. True. But trust me, if the, um, nothing comes from this success from the protest, and Max Verstappen's the driver's champion, and Mercedes is the Constructors, mm. I think that's fair. I think that's fair, man. I think it's been that kind of year where these things have to be split. But Checo Perez, mm. man, Christian Horner, you beat <laughs> Look, um, with, with Checo, I think in, in terms of the whole weekend, we saw even in qualifying yesterday mm. when he was uh, towing... Um, Nice. When he was towing Max there a bit so that he can get a faster time, you know. Mm. Uh, look, he's just been a great teammate throughout the whole season. He's been the teammate that uh, the second driver that Red Bull has been looking for for a while. You know, they tried with your Albans and it didn't work. Um, so, look, even if he didn't have as great a season as he wanted, uh, like MK is saying, probably average fifth. But honestly, when you look at now team efforts and you know as a second driver he did his part and he played it very well mm. especially in the last race man you know uh giving max that opportunity to gain that time on hamilton when he was trailing behind um perez when perez was defending even though it didn't materialize into anything at materialize into anything at the time mm. but just that that shift that he put in and even retiring his car when he didn't have to retire the car really but did. they retired the car so that there's less cars on the track for verstappen to be able to get ahead and finish you know uh, i just think all those decisions and all the, that selfless nature in him it really played uh it, it was really great man really great to see and hopefully uh we see better from him next season bro you know um as i was preparing these notes must i must let you guys know as i was modifying some of the questions i was watching the race at around lap 52 53 and i was like hey man the pendulum song in Brazil, like what could have Verstappen done differently because it was done, it was, it was curtains. And uh, is there anything, I, I feel like the question is no longer relevant now because that one lap just changed everything. So the gods, I guess, were in Red Bull's favor. Mandela but, just didn't do enough for Hamilton, honestly. <laughs> no, man. Mandela was covered by, by, by the antics of some decision making and I want us to speak about this decision, gents, actually. I want us to bump it now. We are mm. still in the Formula One. Um, lots of chats about the FIA over the past couple of weeks. Like, hey, we're fair to these decisions. Even going back to Brazil itself, where mm. how much of an influence... Now we see the influence of what officiating can, can be. What should have been done better now to make sure that the integrity of the racing is put intact? Look, man, um, I just believe that there'll obviously always be an influence on FIA and uh, FIA will always have an influence um, in Formula One. The same way VAR will always have an influence in the Prem and in football, etc. And the fact that there's refs and umpires, people who make these decisions, they will be an influence, right? So mm. Regardless of whether it's race number one or the last race of the year, there'll always be d these uh, decisions that they make which influence how things play out. And whether they're making the right decision at the time or whatever, you know, it's, it happens. It's mm. sports, right? Uh, we know that in sports, there are these decisions that are made um, which don't necessarily 
which aren't necessarily the right decisions, which is why VAR was brought in, mm. etc. But at the end of the day, as long as there's still someone who's who has that final say, there will be an influence. Um, if we look at Brazil and we look at today, yeah. uh, I think they tried to keep it consistent in terms of lap one, right? That that Hamilton overtaken lap one, they tried to keep it consistent. But at the end of the day, like the decision at the end, with them saying that, okay, no, uh, they're not going to allow overtake. And then a few seconds later, they say, okay, no, uh, safety car's going back in and we're going to allow the overtake. And then now there's this discrepancy between that what they actually said and what the FIA rulebook says where the safety car, if you're allowing an overtake, the safety car should be allowed to go back for another lap. Mm. You know, so that's where now these there's these little discrepancies. And I think regardless though of whether Hamilton won or not, and regardless of whether it was because of those rules or not, um, I think Mercedes put themselves in that position where they didn't win the race eventually. Even though FIA had the final decision, mm. but Mercedes did put themselves in a position where they weren't able to win the race by not pitting when they were supposed to pit. And get themselves tires which are slightly quicker. Yeah. Mm. But Fitz, I still rate that as the worst decision in sports ever. I was telling you before, <laughs> I was I was rating you guys, I was telling you guys before we started this. I'm like, once you make a decision, you stick with it because your initial decision was structured behind the rules. Yeah, I actually think they broke two rules because mm. um, the other one is if you let um, lapped cars overtake, right? Mm. You're supposed to let all of the cars, all of them, cars overtake. Mm. So that also still takes it what down did to they one do? lap. Um, they only let the ones that were in front of Max and Lewis. Those five cars. You yeah. see, it was yeah. like five cars and you're actually supposed to let like 12 cars. Um, actually overtake the safety car. That's why there's two protests, right? Because mm. of those two rules that are in, in, in question now. But, I mean, <clears throat> I think it's sports, mate. Mm. It's really genuinely sports. When Lewis, Mbui is completely correct. When mm. Max tried to overtake Lewis, Lewis went off track. But the kind of advantage that he gained going out of that corner was crazy, mm. right? And the FIA didn't say, Lewis, slow down the car up to a level whereby Max can overtake you. Wouldn't you say that it was because maybe Max Verstappen literally shoved Lewis off the track? No. Yes, Max did. <laughs> Max did. Yeah. But I think what Massey's intention was for the day was to let people race. But also on that, on that overtake comment and then the similar issue, was it Brazil? I'm not sure where. They had the similar issues and listening to commentary, they said, the difference between that and this is Max actually stayed on the track in this overtake. In the previous race, they both went off the track, mm. which is why they didn't investigate. Mm. So the argument is, yes, okay, now Max stayed on the track and Lewis went off. Therefore, that's where the advantage came in. Had they both gone off like previously, I think that's a, yeah, a different story. So I think for me personally, at least, that's where the issue is. One stays on the track, one goes off, gains a massive advantage, and then you carry on from there. But also, if, if you if you just hear what they said also in the race, they did say that um, okay, they did speak to Lewis and he did give a, he, he did give back a few meters. Um, and it's what we were saying, like we didn't necessarily see it. Mm. We didn't see him give back those few meters. What we saw is Lewis exiting or entering the track way ahead of where he should have been and gaining that advantage. We didn't see him get, uh, give back those meters. And even if he did, at the end of the day, like you still have to give back that place, in my opinion, right? Mm. Because Verstappen was ahead going into that corner, um, and then obviously they were pushed. He was pushed off, but uh, Lewis should have given back that place. 
Um, and then I think we wouldn't be having this whole debacle of, yeah, but then in corner in, 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 in Osses, in that turn, lap one or mm. whatever, yeah, we wouldn't be having this. Debacle. Are they not trying to avoid what happened in Jeddah? Because Jeddah was quite a mess. Let's just accept it, man. <laughs> I saw you with your smirk. The I saw you with your smirk when Mui was talking. You are like, mm, my boy, you have my back. I th- I, look, man, I genuinely it, think the FIA just made a lot of questionable decisions mm. today. But I think behind them is, number one, I don't think that any race in the world has been watched as much as this one today. Mm, I think Drive to Survive and the new Formula One followership these guys had an agenda to let people race today, mm. you know. And up until lap like 56, that worked in Mercedes's advantage. Then that With the last two laps, they still wanted people to race and it worked in Red Bull's advantage. So if we're going to ask ourselves neutrality, because mate, let's be honest, Lewis should have given back the position. Mm-hmm. In Jeddah, Max had to give back the position. Mm. Where have you ever seen someone gain an unfair advantage not and not back. let someone overtake them mm. it they even said no investigation necessary so i mean i think it was just a race where the fia and obviously they're the regulating body and they basically mm. run this thing they looked at it they were like guys we have more people watching this thing than we've ever had in a long time yeah. or ever and we just want to make the best out of this no penalties no this no that let these guys race Think it'll if, think it'll leave a blemish on Max's uh, F1 because we I mean we we're talking about this. Ah, winning Max is winning. No. Michael Schumacher used to crash into like people a, to win. Like a Modric. <laughs> Senna. <laughs> Senna did it. Winning is winning, mate. Twenty years from now, people just see when you check on Wikipedia, twenty twenty one champion, and it says Max Verstappen. Max, uh, come on, man. Also, man, I just feel like, and I've said this before, Britain. Red Bull TNF, mm. Hungary, Red Bull um, being crashed into by the Mercedes. Mm. Did Max Verstappen deserve to win this year? Completely. Has Lewis Hamilton deserved seven, seven championships? Completely. Mm. It's sports. It mm. doesn't always work in your favor. Mm. No. On that note, on that note, a major, 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 major congratulations to Max Verstappen and his Red Bull team. We know that there will be people from this day onwards who will just be drinking Monster, Dragon and Powerplay because Red Bull will just be reminding them of some sad memories. Uh, I will not be one of those. I will still enjoy my Red Bull. So big ups to Max Verstappen and his win. The Formula One season has come to its merry conclusion. Until the protest. Until the protest is over. Thank you, MK. Until the protest is over. It will be interesting to hear what the FIA will uh, say, will it go against its own decision? Uh, <laughs> At that point, sorry, like we were discussing this just before we started. Let's say they admit that, okay, so mm. what, what can possibly happen now? What records do they want? You can't give a penalty. It was none of the driver's fault. You can't give a five second, a grid place. Mm. What, what must happen? Like, it's, it is what it is, unfortunately. Whether it was a right or wrong call, but... Wednesday, another Grand Prix. We race again. We are racing. Unless you say, let's come back for one more lap. One more lap, Baba. I mean, come on. We'll we'll use those those tires. No, but even even, even if you come back for one more lap, I think... If you come back for one more lap, whether it's a, um, a static starts or whatever, Verstappen's still on the softs. Hamilton is still, on, still the on the hards. Red Bull can protest a lot more races. 
if that happens. Yeah. No, true. True. They, they can protest Britain. They can protest this. It, it just becomes an undesirable slippery slope for all of us, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know. Thank you, Christian Horner. <laughs> I, I, I think Lewis was gonna be sad more if it was like his third. Or like his yeah, second, but it was it was going to be his eighth. No, I think I it think like, um, it hurts. I think uh, this one would touch him a bit more. Um, I think it's just like a first one. You know, if you win your first one, if you lose your first one because of a decision like that, it's, it is going to touch you. But also, if you lose one way, you literally one lap away from being the the one the, there. You at the top, like there's no one. You alone, right? He's currently tied seven seven with Schumacher. If he won this, he'd be alone. Mm. Like, there would be no one in his, around in his him to say, look, like this is our zone, no. So, I think it does touch him because he knows now that, also it happens in sports where now, um, we and I, we coach and we used, to, we used to tell um our team this all the time that you don't want it to be a situation where you're looking back at the season and saying, I should have done this. Mm. I should have done that if I did this and that, should've, right? Should have, Exactly. So I think that's the, the place where he's, he's at right now, where if I won that race, if I did this and I wouldn't be in this situation right now, I probably would have won. So it, it, it is going to hurt. Mm. But um, hopefully, man, look, he's 36 this year. Hopefully he can come back, win one. And like I was, I've been saying, he should just win the next one and retire. He doesn't need to do anything more. Like... Once he's got eight, he's the only one with 100 uh, Grand Prix wins. 100 he's, poles. He's, he's 100 poles. So he just needs to win one and retire. Even if he retires tomorrow, um, yes, he's going to retire on a, sour, on a sour note like Messi when he was crying there after that copper. Um, but it happens, man. He's still tied uh, for seven. But the difference is that Messi cried and left with a copper. Yeah. And a that was stolen. Ah, yeah. Semantics, semantics. That's so, one. That's a copper, man. You guys never World Cup, so... There's, there's levels to this. <laughs> let's leave. Let's pop. You know what? I want to close that window yeah. before we dive into... And I went 2022 and then he's going to retire from football in general. Oh, Messi. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's not enjoying his football, eh? Nah, it's cold in France. <laughs> <laughs> it snows in France, my man. <laughs> it's a fashion show. It's a fashion show in France and it was a fashionable end to our Formula One season. Um, the next season of Drive to Survival will be definitely one worth watching and hearing your comments and thoughts about what the season has brought by, what the race brought by, what the FIA decisions was and Max Verstappen winning the Red, um, winning the Red Bull Championship, winning the championship <laughs> for the well F1 Championship. The... With, with that uh, brown envelope, it might as well be the Red Bull Championship. And George Russell is crashing into Lewis <laughs> next year. <laughs> Mina, I'm saying nothing. You've heard the thoughts of our panelists. We'd love to hear your thoughts as usual, like we always do regarding the race that has just happened, regarding the season in its whole self. Um, we will definitely want to hear what you have to say. So that is the Formula One. We will definitely be catching that up when the next year comes and we forgot to mention Buffet Tsuguti this is our final episode for the year so what a splendid way to end it with the end of the final race of the championship but just because the Formula One is over doesn't mean that sports is over because we have the football to speak about um, the conclusion I just checked the results was West Ham no and Burnley no Mm. <laughs> Bloody Antonio, man. Come on. Fantasy, Brad. <laughs> so the score 
was callers for West Ham, meaning that the championship looks as Manchester City, number one with 38 points. Liverpool are sits at second with 37 points and followed by your starting league leaders who are now mumbling at third. Chelsea, who are two points away from the league with 36 points. West Ham are sitting steadily on 28 points on fourth, who will find themselves eight points behind the top three with Manchester United snipping and eating on their heels there with one point behind as they are sitting on 27 points. So that's the synopsis of how our Premier League is standing. We will jump straight into it, straight into it. Me, I'm very interested in what's happening with Manchester United and their rebuild with Ralf Ragnick. Um, it will always be a discussion point because Manchester United are just that big of a club to speak about. You can't not speak about them, especially if they have CR7 in their ranks. But for it to, I'm sitting with Umbui and MK as Ufanele just went for a stretch. These are our staunch. Went for a pit stop. <laughs> <laughs> went for a pit stop, just changing his wheels and his, I don't know what other else things. Leave me alone. <laughs> Perfect, so I'm sitting with Round my man. <laughs> Manchester United supporters, I can see that you are you are buzzing over mm. the win uh, over the weekend, which is why you are kind of puppering. <coughs> uh, yeah, let's hear your thoughts on your team. <laughs> but before we start about my team, it's funny you didn't mention, I mean, after the 3-0 win, Arsenal, you know, you said they must they must do something and no! they've been trying, Shayman. Cool is there, but you know, That's I love fine. how I love Arsenal's, how they're doing all right. Let, let's give them a shout out. I love well. how the panelists are so considerate over teams trying to climb their way over the top. Nkulelego, I hope that you are happy with your team and the Arteta project doing the things as they won three. No, me, I'm not happy. I'm not happy with you guys. The reason being, <laughs> reason being, when we were doing well and we were just on the on the cusp. Of that top four position, and it was actually just goal difference that was keeping us out. Y'all were oh, before we lost to Man United. Before Man United, and even after Man United, it was on points we were behind West Ham, and then. So I'm not happy with you guys. Right? <laughs> we were so close. Now when we are five again, we're fucking my part of my language, but we're seventh. Our oh, work, guys. Yes, this goal difference thing is showing us. But I'm just saying that's my. I'm not happy. Yes. Who's proud to be seventh? Look, like I think him. I think the problem here is that you, you guys play once a week, so we don't really, you know, <laughs> you guys we forget you guys very quickly. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's 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 really the problem. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that, man. Yeah, but also Gully, Gully. Let's be honest. Everything whoa, we said whoa, whoa, was whoa, 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 true. Can we not? Can we not make this? Because <laughs> I can see what's about to happen. Y'all are gonna spend five minutes just dragging me. Whoa. Okay, you're saying yes, Mbu. Um, yes, let's give Arsenal's props. In Ateta, we trust. <laughs> Let's move on to the next team. <laughs> props, props. Even the Tashiki, the man's wearing is red in abundance. Troll, troll fan, this one. Uh, so big ups to Arsenal and their 3-0 victory over Newcastle. Was it over Newcastle, yes? Uh, Southampton. 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 Southampton are just getting a beat. 9-0, 9-0. They have the wrong Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. 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 Wins two games. <laughs> <laughs> Telling you, lad. They have the wrong Ralph. Yeah, so what's the right about your Ralph? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure we are at that level yet you yeah know, like where we can compete for either uefa fa cup or the league mm. the league i think numerically that my hopes are parked it's far. Know, like 
But I, I don't think we're at that level yet. Uh, Bruno and Jaden Sancho really have to adjust to this double ten system. Mm. And I think Marcus Rashford is getting more game time than he should. Draw it for us, double ten. Oh yes, so it's a four to two. So mm-hmm. there's two CDMs. And then there's um, two cams, so two mm. central attacking midfielders. But of course, they're spread wide. Mm. But they spread wide with free roaming um, roles. Oh, so they can so what they in. try to do mm-hmm. is like they try to overload one side of the flank. Since we basically have four attackers. Okay. Since we have two CDMs, we have four attackers: Ronaldo, Rashford, Bruno, Sancho. Mm. So what they try to do is that um, we overload one side, and then that way our fullback, so let's say we're attacking on the right, there's Dalot there, and then Talis is on the other side, mm. right? I don't know yet about that system, I must be honest, I'm not convinced, that's just me. Mainly because Jaden Sancho, Marcus Rashford, these are wide players, yeah. now you're asking them to work with a lot less space, it's a lot more compact, yeah, maybe your press will look better, mm. but attacking-wise, <clears throat> the decision-making mm. is very important in that kind of setup. This is why you'll find that Cristiano Ronaldo will probably like start stat padding even <laughs> when it's like tap-ins and whatnot because he's just used to this from Juventus yeah. with the 4-4-2 playing next to Marata. Mm. So I'm just really currently not convinced with the approach that Ralph Ragnick is taking. I think we should have five attackers, probably Donny van der Beek instead of Scott McTominay mm-hmm. to link up play. That way you have a, a decent two-way player who just needs minutes until he looks decent. Talis at first didn't look decent. Dalot at first didn't look decent. Mm. But they got minutes. And I, I would play Tony van der Beek instead of So Scott you feel like Tom there's a disconnect between yeah, integrating no the defense play. and the attack. Yes. There's no unlinking play. Because, I mean, Scott and Fred, all the praises we give them are for what they do defensively. That basically means for what they do to protect, to protect Harry the- Maguire. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Now we're playing with like six defenders and four attackers. Do Why we want that? to get to the level where we compete? You know Chelsea has five defenders, right? Mm. But then um, Reese James, James comes comes into the midfield. Mm. You've got like a lot more people attacking. Golo Kante and Jorginho don't have to do that much. But when Golo Kante overlaps, he overlaps. He overlaps. He'll beat like three men. You know, that shows a team that's trying to attack. Mm. We're the only ones that are happy and we haven't even scored from a set piece the whole season. Oh, that is a horrible stat. You get what I'm saying? With mm. that kind of height. And with Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> and Ronaldo. So I'm, I'm just not convinced with the Man United project at the moment. Um, I think Ralph must stop talking. I'm tired of his talking. <laughs> I'm tired. They call him the professor. No, man, he is. And I think he's a great talk. coach. The thing is, right, what Ole Gunnar left us in is the lowest level. Mm. So anyone better than Ole becomes a good coach. Ooh. You Ooh. see, mm. like that's the problem. Unlike good coaches like Jurgen Klopp and Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> you know, like revolutionary coaches. Revolutionary so I think coaches. it might take time, but that's easy fixtures. You get two one nils. Crystal Palace was a bit difficult short. Norwich. Norwich, mate. Norwich, wow. Get three goals against Norwich, mate. Norwich. So I'm just, I'm just not convinced right now. And that's just me. You know, um, also just sticking to Man United, I actually want to ask a question, right? Because uh, obviously with a new coach and a new uh, backroom staff coming in, uh, we also saw midweek where uh, he did change up the entire team, actually, Mm. um, and giving players game time to prove themselves. Um, Do you believe now that, okay, he he has his 11 or his 15, 17 that he knows this is the core that I'm going to go forward with? 
um or do you think he's still gonna look around in terms of with fa cup games coming up um do you think he's still gonna experiment with the team and how do you think that's gonna go for players like uh van der Beek and players like aaron Juan bissaka and lingard who didn't shine on the uh midweek against um young boys from what i've seen thus far i think he given the fact that he's played the same lineup from when he came in i think he has an idea of the players that he wants. I mean, mm. the fact that he stuck with D- Dalo and Teles as opposed to diverting back to Shaw and Juan Bissaka by default shows that he, he's liking what he's seen and he knows what he wants. Um, midweek, yeah, Donny started and Matic didn't have the greatest of games, obviously. They Both mista- of them yeah, like, yeah, their mistakes led to the goal, but we'd already qualified. But you see, it's small things like that that he wants to edge out on. And listening to his conferences, he said, like, it's still too sloppy. Like, these are silly mistakes that we should be cutting out. The press don't need, so there's a lot that he still needs to work on. But just to answer your question shortly, I think he does have an idea of his 15, 17 matchday squad that he's going in week in and week out with. No, Angeti, I also want to ask Angeti, we always talk about how Ralph Ralknik is such a high press, high intensity coach. Does this mean, because I mean, Aaron Ranbasaka was brought in for his defensive prowess. We all know that in attack he, he lacks. And we have Roberto Shaw. Roberto <laughs> Carlos, thank you very much. We have Roberto Carlos on the other side of the wing. Do those guys don't produce the? Don't they? Because don't they produce the? What's the workforce that is needed? Can have watching back from other kind of social days as well. I think I think the problem with um, players like Juan Bissaka and and Luke Shaw, right? Mm. They're playing in an era where wing backs are way uh, well, wing backs, left backs, right backs are way more involved in the attacking part of the game, right? Mm. Uh, where you see Trent Alexander Arnold bagging assists left, right, and centre. Mm. You see Reese James getting goals and getting assists. You see uh, Joao Cancelo, who's basically got like a free role. Um, in the team, right? And these guys are performing week in, week out. And it's a thing of now where United tries to play that system with those players and it's just not working out. Mm. Um, so I think maybe they should focus more on, okay, we're going to go back to default. These guys should just focus on defending. Maybe, yes, they'll, they'll add an attack here and there, but they should focus on defending. And then these attacking players, who they should just also up their, up their level as well. Mm. No, no, I think Fanel is completely right because um, I think you must remember the essence of pressing is basically taking the ball in the opposition's half. Mm. So if you do that, the last thing you want is Aaron and Pisaka who, <laughs> the ball. Who, can't, who doesn't cross. I don't want to say he can't. He doesn't cross. <laughs> and then Luke Shaw who's trying to overlap and until, you know, so now what you see with um, Ralph trying to set up this team that presses and wins the ball mm. in the position half is if we win this ball, we want someone who's going to whip in across. You know, like like what happened with the goal against Crystal Palace. Mm. If we win the ball, we want someone who's going to give the ball to Mason Greenwood. Greenwood gives it to Fred. Fred takes a shot. You know, we, hey, Fred is shooting. Yeah, we talked about this last week. Hundred percent Brazilian. Yeah, man. <laughs> Found his, his passport. He has his passport coming through. Yeah. Top wins there. Yes. <laughs> So, I mean, um, I don't think um, Luke Shaw and AWP will fit the system. Um, I also don't think in the long run Scott McTominay will retain his position. Once those games where you need creativity come in, I don't think... No one wants to be praising someone who's good at winning the ball back when you need a goal. 
we've oh. just had decent fixtures right now but trust when competitive matches come in and Scott McTominay can't make a decent pass and he can't free himself pass, to get yeah. past it's going to the bench that thing is so worrying and so worrying but we were talking about the issues of full backs and how they are much more attacking now so you're wearing your Chelsea shirt even um, we have the is- this issue of Marcus Alonso uh, over there who unfortunately conceded the penalty and there have been talks of just something lacking with the Chelsea team. They were 3-2 against Leeds with a very last-minute penalty uh, in the added at, at time. Um, let's talk about the team that was leading the Chad, the championship, European champions, who are now seemingly slipping of form. Uh, look, uh, this is obviously, it's, I'm, I'm a Chelsea fan, but at the end of the day, just from an unbiased perspective, I think I wouldn't say they're slipping off form. Yes, we've we've leaked what five goals in two games. We've leaked another three, lost ten uh, in the last five. You understand? Mm. So, like, we leaked a lo- another three goals last week. So that what what's that? Eight, eight in three games, right? Ten in the last five. Ten mm. in the last five games. I think yes, we are leaking, but also at the end of the day, we need to look at which team are we putting out week in week out. You know, we're not putting out our strongest eleven week in week out. Um, we've got a case where Kante is out injured, Kovacic is out injured. Um, we've got a case where Chalaba, who has been playing very well, is also out injured at the moment. Um, so, and if you look at these goals that we have been leaking, we're leaking these goals when Christensen has been playing, right? In the midweek, we leaked two goals because of Christensen. We leaked one more goal yesterday because of Christensen. So it's and he's he hasn't he also hasn't been getting game time as well so mm. i think those things also play into parts i think with chelsea we we are managing to get the results right scraping uh, we we lost last week it's fine it's a london derby we spoke about that um midweek we, that we three, drew three? it was a mm-hmm. three three draw um the only thing i'm upset about with that is my betway slip <laughs> but also at the end of the day we had already qualified you know it would have been nice to qualify first in the group but we qualify second Hopefully, looking to get one of the, you know, one of the more shaky sides that qualified first. Which one? <laughs> you know, it's last sixteen. There's no more shaky sides. Anything Which one? But, but you know, there are those teams where, you know, you 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 go in telling yourself that's the team. I have a chance. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't even say Ajax because they say me five in this. I'll take Ajax. And they have a leading goal scorer in in, in Hala. Hala, yeah. I, I, look, I, looking at those teams that qualified first, I think I'd take Ajax. But hey, we'll see what happens. Um, but <laughs> it's fine. We'll, we'll see what we do. But also, like like I'm saying, man, it's it's not our first eleven. Our midfield is very thin right now. Um, and also, yeah, I'm, we're not relying a lot of on, on our strikers because everyone scores at Chelsea. You know, we've got multiple goal scorers. Two, two, so two, two. it's just a thing of we just don't have our first eleven, and I think that's also led to Liverpool's downfall. Was it last season when they didn't have their first eleven mm. available? I think also with Africa Cup of Nations coming in, where players are going to start now going away. I think that's when the season's really going to get exciting. Um, it's exciting now, it's December, the schedule is packed for is, all the teams. Is Chaloba European or African? He's English, he's, he's English. English. Oh. So Chaloba's fine, right? But with Chelsea, we'll be losing... Um, uh, Mendy. Mendy, we'll be losing... Who, who are these other African guys in that team? <laughs> <laughs> but, but wait, I have a question, right? Four weeks ago, um, last <laughs> podcast, probably four weeks ago, I said to you, I think Chelsea might slip off if they don't have a reliable goal scorer. I, I don't think our issue is the goal scorer right now. 
we then still we're still scoring goals even without a reliable goal scorer. We scored three yesterday. Two we games. scored three uh, midweek. We scored two last week, last weekend. So the problem isn't the goal like production. I think the problem right now is that just with our lacking midfield, we aren't able to give protection to the back. And obviously, we are leaking goals in with. So, with but don't you don't you think it's a problem if your system is based on Rom scoring goals and Rom can't get clear cut chances? It's not a problem. The, the system, but it's not based on Rom scoring goals. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a problem. Yes, Rom was brought in to score goals, right? But at this current moment, we're not lacking goals, and that's not our biggest problem. I think the biggest problem right now is that we're just failing to get those clean sheets. We're failing to defend like we were defending a couple of weeks ago. And I'm not going to say we've been found out. I'm just going to say that we just yeah. lacking out. Is it's, It doesn't happen, MK. <laughs> MK is talking from uh, mid He's uh, projecting table. this he's one. He's projecting. He's projecting his no, no, insecurities no. on yeah, Chelsea. I think once Kante comes back, once Kova comes back, we'll, we'll see us controlling the game more often. Is, is, could it not be blamed over the fact that maybe, just maybe, I'm not being racist, that Edward Mendy might be losing his touch? Yes, that's... that's no. No, I think, I think so. uh, Mr. Black Lives Matter himself, um, he's, he's not losing his touch, dude. Uh, these things happen, man. You concede goals, it's life. <laughs> it's life. You, no one goes 38 games, 38 clean sheets. It's life. But relax. When Kante comes back, guys, we need our black guys on the team. I hate Chelsea, but I'll defend Mendy. You'll defend Jorginho messed up Man United. Jorginho messed up West Ham. Um, yesterday Thank as you. well. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of things you can't keep out as the goalkeeper. Exactly. He's definitely not a David De Gea. I've said this many times. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just on short stopping, you know. Is he above a level below? Because I think without David De Gea, Man United should be Arsenal right now. David De Gea, those years we won three time Player of yeah, the Year. Yeah. Those but, days were dark days at Man United. Those Jose and days. without without David De Gea, we would have fallen off long ago. Hundred percent. But yeah. I think David De Gea's short stopping is like, I think it's the top two in the world. You still consider him top five? Yeah, I, definitely. I, yeah. yeah. Def. I, we even made these sentiments that I said he's still top Def. five in the league. Because I think, I mean, sometimes we focus on keepers that are winning the trophy, right? Because mm. it's a team sport and the goal is to win, whatever the case may be, right? But without David De Gea, Man United would have fallen off long ago into a worse position than where they are. I mean, even yesterday's game, those five, sa- those some of the saves he pulled were amazing. Just- Against Norwich, the fact that we are saying that he kept us in the game against <laughs> Norwich shows you literally what MK is saying, that without him, it would be much worse than where we are now. So He's definitely still up there, he's still got it. So, talking about the top keepers in the league, we are speaking to here. Ramsdale is doing wonders, word to Arsenal. I'm amazed you didn't raise him up, so I'll raise him up for you, Ngoli, bro. Uh, we, we have Ramsdale, there's Boma Martinez and your standard Allison and Adersons. Um, I'm interested to hear in terms of the role that the goalkeeper plays in the team, especially you guys who've coached. Because most people just think, yeah, this guy just, he just saves balls. <laughs> he saves shots. So let's talk about the importance of the goalkeeper in the game. And in terms of the Premier League, whom we race as your guys' top three each and probably why. 
Let's I think start. I think from this episode onwards we should uh, upload it as the final four plus one. <laughs> <laughs> <Because> <laughs> Kuli is having more and more influence in this. What is football and particularly Arsenal? I'll, 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 I'll always have a view. But um, so uh, the, the question is, what is the role of the goalkeeper, right? So obviously we know the the role of goalkeepers. Traditionally, your job is make sure goals don't go into the net. Then we saw an evolution with the Manuel Neuer's uh, gaining prominence of the of the sweeper keeper mm. re-emerging. So then you also wanted a, a keeper that can come out very high, and then and then be able to read the game very importantly and mm. intercept and then make a pass after that. And then on top of that, now what we've seen more particularly with the with with with, with Allison and Edison is that we've seen the well it was also with the uh, Manuel Neuer as well, mm. but with distribution is very important right so you you, you need I'm, a, I'm shocked you didn't say Tumele and Kuhn, but let's keep going we can actually but but yeah, the, but that, but that, <laughs> Kuhn is, no to be fair and 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 i mean this is a chat we don't really have but in terms of distribution Kuhn is definitely up there right yeah. because 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 he can pinpoint a pass very well at his at prime Kuhn, obviously right yeah. so so True. so those are the criteria so now we're seeing now is that the goalkeepers have to be a lot more well-rounded Mm. But first and foremost, they must be good shot stoppers, yeah. because that's why you're in the team. Mm. But they're a lot more well-rounded. So now, 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 having said that, right? I will say that um, um, Aaron Ramsdale, Arsenal's keeper. Mind you, there was huge backlash when we signed him. Arsenal <laughs> fans are like, <laughs> "How the hell are you going to sign this guy from Sheffield?" Con- Always getting relegated. Thank yeah. you, because that's the context. Yeah. Relegated thrice. Every team that signed him got relegated. So I think that was the <laughs> backlash with uh, horrible record, bro. <laughs> we, 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 we thought horrible. we thought it was British tax, right? Uh. But but the reason we signed him, and, and this is what 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 Arteta actually said, and this is why once again I trust the project of Arteta, is that um, he was like, no, he, he, the thing with with Liverpool is that you can press them really, really high, and 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 give them no space in the in their in their defensive third, and then Allison will pinpoint a pass straight onto the chest of Salah, who will then run in, and Salah's world class. Obviously, it has to be on the receiver has to be world class, mm-hmm. otherwise there's no point, right? So, um, so I think yeah. So I would put Aaron, Aaron Ramsdale in the top three of 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 of, of Premier League uh, goalkeepers right now, because um, I mean, look, I mean stats. Uh, st- stats are an easy way to get out, but I'm not going to look at stats, but we can look at stats, and his stats are very good. But he's in an Arsenal team that, um, when we concede, we concede a lot, yep. right? But when we, but other, outside of that, we don't actually really concede. We keep a lot of clean sheets. Mm-hmm. When, but because when you concede, it's to, it's to your, your, your Liverpools that can put four past us, Manchester mm. City, you can put five, and once again, Chelsea, you can put three past us. So there's, there's a huge gulf between us and those top three teams, and they're the ones that normally hammer us, right? But anyway, Aaron Ramsdale, his, his shot stopping uh, has been amazing. I'd like to support you on that since you say you don't want to use stats. I'll use stats for you. Yeah. Team, normal keepers have played about 1,300 minutes. Sure. He's played about 990. Yes. He ranks above amongst of the most who've made saves yes. and his safe percentages and clean sheets as well. No, his stats, his stats are proper. His stats are proper. And also remember, he didn't start. Remember also, he didn't start the season as our number one, mm. right? Um, so, because we had Leno and Leno was doing nonsense, um, <laughs> we would have wanted Leno to do a lot better, but he hasn't. Mm. Um, and he's, he's, yeah, he's not, he hasn't been solid. Whereas Aaron Ramsdale has been solid, but first and foremost, his distribution and his ability with the ball at his feet. I say I put him up there in the top three. Um, I would say I, I would put Mendy there. Mendy would be there as, Mendy would be there as a shot stopper. 
Mm. Um, I don't know if I'm convinced about at, uh, under pressure when he has the ball at his feet. I don't think I'm too convinced about that. But then Edison and Allison, I automatically put them there. Yeah, so, so I mean, I would say if I'm being fair, probably let let me take it, let me let me let me let me fold a bit. I'll say he's probably fourth out of that because we've got those top three that are that are obvious as Mendy, Who are? Mendy, Edison, Allison, right? Okay. So I'll put those in top- that order. <laughs> yeah, not in that order for say, but I'll say I'll put those top three, and then I'll say I'll say he he could be in it, but the problem is like I'm saying when we concede, we concede a lot. A lot. So mm. so so I mean it's a team sport at the end of the day, um, but his distribution, his shot stopping, is I mean he's a fan favorite, and we he, we, we we were questioning heavily. So that's heavily. my top three. That's my top three. I would I would I would I would say because it's a team sport, it's Edison, um, Mendy. Allison in no particular order, um, <laughs> and then Ramsdale yeah, lingering yeah. at fourth, and then and he's lingering there at fourth. Yeah, that's my view. That's my. So view. we're saying that good good goalkeepers are keepers um, who stop shots because that's their primary role. Nowadays, because balls are being played out from the mm. back, you want a goalkeeper who knows how to control his 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 his, his, his the ball. You want a keeper and dribble a little bit here and there. And hey, still does. Hey, this is not FIFA. Yeah, yeah. This this is not FIFA, but a keeper also. <laughs> no, but also at the end of the day, I think, uh, and I think I, I, I don't misquote me, but I think Pepper's also the one who brought this back into football where. You have to have 11 players on the field. Mm. You don't want a keeper who, when they get the ball, they get under pressure and you just throw the ball away, right? You have to have 11 players, someone who's going to be able to, okay, you're going to pass me the ball under pressure, I'm going to pass it. Um, and even Claudio Bravo, when Pep bought him at Barca, he was also doing that, right? Mm, yeah. So, yeah, then obviously when he went to Man City, he fell off a bit because Edison came in and he was just amazing. Mm. But, yeah, man, you need a keeper who's comfortable with their feet. You need a keeper who's going to get you those saves when you need them. Um, and Ramsdale is doing that for Arsenal, man. One of the interesting things, which I was also actually waiting to 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 hear, because it's, we're lucky MK is also a coach. The role that the keeper plays in commanding the defense. Yeah. Um, I I still don't understand this because you know in the cent in, in a central defensive line or in a defensive line you'll have that lead uh, defender, your Thiago Silva, your Vincent Companies, etc. Maguire. <laughs> Guys, just dragged. Yes, just dragged. So United. Damn. The only Man United I can bring Vidic. Let's go back to the oh, olden days. But I'm trying to understand what 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 do they bring then now the keepers? Because, you know, it's hard when you're rating keepers. You mostly rate them over their clean sheets. You rate them over their saves, etc. But then when you really break down the statistics, you see that keepers like your Edisons and your keepers like your Allisons. Don't make too many saves. Yes. Menno Noyes don't make too many yes. saves, but defensive right. line is really brings shots through. So I'm trying to understand what role then do the keepers play? That's that's the press, right? So if if a team can press really well, um, like we saw with Bayern Munich in the year that they won, they were for Champions League. Mm. As amazing of a as a shot stopper Manuel Neuer is, mm. he made a lot less saves, right? Mm. Edison, I think Edison's also an amazing well, shot stopper. Um, his reflexes. I don't feel that way about Allison. I've said this before. I think every time Allison has had to win a game for Liverpool or get the draw, the other team will score. If Virgil van Dijk's injured, if Liverpool are under pressure defensively, the other team will score. Mm. And I'll, I can even refer to when Man City was um, beating Liverpool, when Man United beat Liverpool in the FA Cup as well. When you need that save that keeps you in the game, 
I've never seen such a save from Edison. Mm. I have seen a couple from Edison, but it, it boils down to, is the team a pressing team? This is why you'll see that De Gea will make a lot more saves for Man United mm-hmm. as long as Man United can't press. Ole Kona So this season, when Ole just couldn't organize a press, De Gea will make a lot more saves, True. right? Man City organized press. Edison, in, in three games, might have to make three saves really good saves because mm. man city can press well same with allison but like for instance yesterday when allison was actually put under pressure by ashley young mm. he was making a lot of flops because these guys don't dive as much as your not, not thing. they're not there this is why i genuinely give so much um recognition to mandy because i think mandy is one of the few in the league not only shot stoppers, but has won games for Chelsea. Mm. I think Liverpool, the draw that they got, Mendy played a huge role. I think they were for Champions League, Mendy played a huge role. And that's a goalkeeper who actually has an organized line in front of him, mm. but also pulls out shot stops when he needs to. Mm. I don't feel that way about Ellison. I don't feel that way about um, the Man City goalkeeper. Because I think they do very little, man. Their teams press the so well. Yeah, the system helps them so much that when they have to pull like a David De Gea type safe or a Mendy type safe, they actually aren't there. So, and, and, and I think that's also why in, before when we were debating and we were saying is um, Aaron Ramsdale in the, in the top three of the keepers in the league, it's also as to how much he has to actually yes. do. Right. And, 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 yes, yes, yes. I disagree with Nguli there. I think Ramsdale is in the disagree. top three. You yeah, disagree? Yeah, I disagree. I think oh, Ramsdale is in the top three. Oh, he's in the top three. Yes. Okay, okay. He okay. has to do a lot more goalkeeping. Mm. Yes, it's important to have 11 players with the way that you build out from the back. Mm. Pep Guardiola revolutionized this. Yes, it's important to have 11 players with the way you build out from the back. But mate, when, you need, when we need you to keep the ball out, Keep the ball out. Keep the ball out. Primary bro. job. <laughs> it's your primary job. <clears throat> so you also mm. like Reese James. Reese James is Chelsea's top goal scorer. But mm. if he's found defensively, he will be found defensively. That's a problem. Because so he should be defending. His primary right? job is to So defend. for me, Ramsdale yeah. is in the top three. I think Mendy's the best keeper in the league right now. Is it? Yeah, I think Mendy's the best goalkeeper mm-hmm. in the league right now. And I think of ability, I still think Manchester United shouldn't even be in the top four conversation without David De Gea. So for me, it's Mendy, De Gea, Ramsdale. So that's, that's very fair. Very fair. Mr. Mboy. Yeah, no, sorry. We um, we actually just about to fact check that statement about Reeves James being Chelsea's top goal scorer this season, but it's fine. Let's let's fact check as let's check. Okay. Okay. No, I think um uh goal contributions, yes. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, but, okay. but goal scoring, uh, he's got what two, two, four. Uh-huh. I don't know, man. Everyone scores at Chelsea. I, oh, I lose. <laughs> I lose counts every week. I, lo- <laughs> I love the confidence. Okay, no, it's fine. But yeah, I think back to the goalkeeper chat. I think. Your goalkeeper gives your defense confidence in as much as your defense gives your keeper confidence. So I think it works hand in hand. Mm. So just not to repeat what everyone else has said, but like the teams with the structure works well, the keepers generally tend to do well. Right. That is that's your defense giving your keeper confidence. Except about this. <laughs> yeah. But look, ne? Barcelona uh, no, 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 guys. no, no, no. Look, I think Valdez during um, Ronaldinho's days, and Guardiola, Guardiola, Valdez. Okay. Come on. Okay. You you can't fault that. But obviously, because why? The team had a great team in front of him. The team where Guardiola told those guys, if you lose the ball, get it back in six seconds, right? So that's where, like the guys are saying now, if the team is structured well and drilled well to get the ball back 
and you barely seeing any shots coming at you but when you do see those shots you're making those saves mm. come on man like Word. yeah valdez when he went to united it wasn't yeah it was <laughs> exposed he was exposed but when he was at Barca, so 65% ball possession then. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. run, attack. Yeah, because I mean, look at Liverpool when they had um, Carriers and Mignolet. They still have a top defence, but if your keeper's not giving you that confidence, mm. it, the cracks start to show. So I think it, it definitely, the keeper plays a big role. Hey, in in marshalling the defence, in getting your, whether you're playing man marker or zonal or whatever system you're playing at the back, but you definitely do need your keeper to, to step up. So your 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 keepers for the Premier League? Currently, I think on form, Ramsdale is definitely up there. DDG on form and Mendy. And Mendy, no, no. Shout out to Martinez, but I also <laughs> think again his defensive line they they're just leaking too much. Look, I mm. think I think for Martinez, um, he showed us a lot last season. I think yeah. he slipped off a bit. Um, Even won the cup. Huh? Mm. Yeah, he did, and he had a great penalty shootout mm. to win them the cup actually. But I think he has slipped off a bit um, yeah. from last season. Yeah, he has. Yeah, the defense and everything has just slipped off a bit. So he's not in your top one. He's not even in my fantasy team anymore. Ha, cool. Kosiami, when you get the boots from virtual football life, ah, you know, it's rough. So who's your, who's, who's your guys? I've got Edison now. I've got Martinez. You have Martinez? Yeah, I'm stuck with Martinez. We love Martinez. Do you still I play know, fantasy, no. bro? No, I took a break. I got Ramsdale in my fantasy team and he's giving me those points consistently. <laughs> but I know when we play a big team, take him out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you get points for like saves and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah but, points. but look, you okay. get, you get uh, I'm not one a fantasy point, player, three, by the three way. Three saves, you get three one point. One point yeah. But then if you concede two goals, it's minus one. Ah, dead. So, yeah. Because mm. I'm thinking about that Liverpool game where Ramsdale was on fire, but he so, considered four. Can't be having Tahaya there. That was his focus. Can't expect that when you have that defensive and midfield line. Um, because, because personally, I'm a huge fan of Ramsdale's buffet. So, you know, actually, what, I, watched, I watched that Liverpool game. I was like, this boy is good. You considered four. But even the four that you conceded, you saw the hustle. For me, what's crazy about Ramsdale, right? He gets, I think, one of the toughest saves in football, mm -hmm. where you see the ball late. Yeah. Mm. He delivers on those, where you see the ball late, where it's purely reflexes. Mm. You didn't see where this ball came from, you just saw it. It's just ball. And he makes the save. For me, that's crazy. Ball control, Baba. Uh, look, man, even, even on the final four group, uh, we, we were speaking, actually, that day of that 4-0, no, mm. um, or was it just the week before, uh, we were saying how Ramsdale is probably a top two keeper right now in the league. And then he conceded four, but you were able to still look past that four and see, and see the work that he did. Because if, if it was Leno, oh, seven, it was, Baba. Uh, was going to be way more than four, <laughs> you know? So he, yes, four is not a respectable score in football, uh. but he kept that game way more respectable than it could have been. Very true, way true, way true. Because, I mean, I definitely have Ramsdale in my top three. Easy, easy. Unfortunately, I haven't been following much Manchester United, but when I do, you see De Gea's oh, work. I mean, his wages, you, 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 you see De Gea's work. Wages. And you can't forget those, that, those, that Jose period where he was just yeah. levels above everyone. Times player at Manchester United. Dog, it was that time we, we, where he was are. just man of the man. <laughs> <laughs> That's how poor we were, mate. For me, I think without De Gea, we would have been at Arsenal's level. Like, mm. genuinely, this is just my... Man, man, you don't win three times player of the year as a goalkeeper. And and actually, there was a time, was it last season and the season before, where he was starting to fall off and people were yeah. like, yes. Last, when Henderson played, it was last season. Yeah. Last season. 
He makes mistakes. That's the problem. He gets excited. And those are bad mistakes. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad mistakes also. But I think also with with what MK is saying, when he says Arsenal level, I don't think he's trying to like disrespect Arsenal or whatever. But I think he's saying that they wouldn't be in Champions League season after season. You know what I'm saying? Um, where now Arsenal hasn't been in Champions League for what was it four seasons? Four years. Now? Yeah, you know. Um, and now they're not even in Europe at all, right? Bro. So I think without De Gea, I think that's what he's saying. Where that's where Arsenal would be. Yeah. So uh, United, sorry. Respect, respect to the Gunners, shame. They try. No, always. The they, only invincibles. You know, they the only. Only ones with the gold trophy. Just, 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 just <laughs> to put it out there. If you guys could see this guy's face just, right just, now, just to put it out there. And they are narrowing to that top four position where they were so infamously were. But um, in this episode, clearly we were very much into the goalkeeper chat because we want you guys to understand that goalkeepers are more than just shot stoppers they do play a crucial crucial role and we when probably when you watch the match you're gonna put a different eye into the job that they put in in terms of how they start the game off with their build-up playing their distribution their goal stopping and their command of their space in the six yard box and the 12 yard box during the set pieces i can go on forever like the gents have but that has been the chat regarding our football. English Premier League stands as man as as man as Manchester City being number one, Liverpool being number two, Chelsea number three, West Ham fourth, and Manchester United fifth. They narrowing close with a point behind. And we also want to hear more of your thoughts about the goalkeeper chat. Ah, oh, the top three. Wait, let me just try to do the math. Let me just try to do the math. Who did we have? I had Mandy De Gea Ramsdale. Mandy De Gea Ramsdale. Uh, I had Mandy Edison and Ramsdale. Ramsdale. Edison just based on the fact that he just doesn't concede. He doesn't concede. We had. I had the same as MK. Ramsdale, Mandy, and DDG. I have I have DDG, Mandy. I have Ramsdale. He and Gule had Ramsdale. That's fourth. Uh, Ramsdale as his fourth, he had Alison Edison and he had David De Gea. Mm. So the synopsis, doing my quick math, I hope my A still works, my 79 in, 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 oh, in comments. <laughs> when I did, did that. <laughs> wow. Oh, Karen Hunt, I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> you know, so it sounds like we have Ramsdale, we have Mendy mm. and we have DDG as your top three goalkeepers in the league so far as per the final four do you agree with the gentleman here and do you have a word or a new criterion that you want to follow given how we rated our keepers we don't know because we don't know we want to know so please let us know over the chats we'll be eye test not eh? stats we use the eye test we use the eye we use the eye test bring your statistics bring I, your I, poison i think i think ramsdale ramsdale ticks both eye tests he, he and, all of and, it. and 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 i think the the hair ticks eye test more than stats yeah uh, sure. but mm. ramsdale ticks both statistically speaking if ramsdale had to play the same amount of games as your other goalkeepers he would be number one basically in all goalkeeping stats in clean sheets included so He's he 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 he's hot. He's hot. The boy is he hot enough for you? We also want to know. Um, so that has been the goalkeeper chat, the English Premier League chat. We didn't get time to speak about other honors, so I'll make it as honorable mentions. Barcelona unfortunately have slipped from the UEFA Champions League. Best, uh, <laughs> best, <laughs> best possible situation for them. Long may it continue. <laughs> Look. 
I think I, I personally, like quickly, I personally believe it's the best possible um, situation for them. Yeah. They've got a new coach who's um, not really that experienced. You know, he was coaching in Saudi Arabia. Was it Saudi Arabia or yeah. Qatar yeah. or whatever? Um, and it's a thing where they're in a rebuild situation, right? So I think personally, if they're in the Europa, they can, they have an opportunity to play against, yes, lower, lower level teams, mm. but they have an opportunity to play in a European competition where they can possibly get far, mm. right? Mm. Whereas if they're playing in Champions League, they are going to probably get booted in, in last 16. And then now they're back to playing um, in the league. At least now they're still getting revenue, which is a big problem for them right now. They're still mm -hmm. going to get European revenue. And obviously, if they finish in the top four, then they're back into Champions League. So I personally believe it's the best situation for them right now. I didn't want to see them going into last 16 and getting booted out. Yo, they're going to get destroyed. Take this from a United fan. Count the years. <laughs> <laughs> it starts here, mate. It's only down from here. I'm telling you. Sorry, host. I just wanted to say, just quickly. Um, I just want to know, like, how on the Barcelona issue, um, how long before they can get back to uh, being a, a an elite, a, an elite, uh, dominant powerhouse in football? Because personally, just looking at all these financial and the football issues and all that, I'm giving them ten years, right? Ten. ten. I say ten because, and I say this also when you look at um, Manchester United and Arsenal, right? But let, let's look at Manchester United, right? They're still struggling to get back to where they should be. They mm. should be regulars in the semi-finals of the Champions League, and they should be winning leagues here. But they haven't won a league in a long. It's gonna, and they still keep on redoing this uh, rebuilding process, right? Mm. So that's why I say ten because they're gonna try something. It's gonna maybe because they're not used to not being at the top. Then they're gonna try and redo it again, and then maybe eventually. So I'm, I'm personally, I'm saying ten years uh, for Barca to get back to what we know Barca as. Um, but yeah, I just want to know how what what you guys are thinking. I wouldn't say ten, uh, maybe more five years, more project. But I think, but I agree definitely. It's like United situation. They in a rebuild, different manager, different structure. So yeah, I would probably say five. But look, uh, Mina, from from my personal point of view, given the the the, the league that they are in, um, I'm I'm a huge fan of Xavi. I love Xavi. Um, I see the vision that he's trying to bring through in the Barcelona team. It's just that maybe the quality is slightly lacking. It might be there with some hard cultivation. So I would probably give them a silverware in about three years, say a Copa or a lower league. Listen. But that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Mm. I mean, I mean, you can win these small trophies along the you way. You want but them I'm to be leagues. Back to where they were. Back, Back to, to where, where they, they were. were. I mean, uh, you can, anyone can win a cup, literally. Where, where they were being Champions League. Champions League finals. Everyone is afraid to play Barcelona. They're in the top, because even in La Liga, you, they're not in the top two anymore. So I, it's like back to the Barcelona that we know. I'll give them a six, seven year leeway. Six, seven. Six, uh, seven. <clears throat> I actually think, well, for me, I actually don't trust Xavi Hernandez. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the things we overlooked with Pep was that he actually coached Basa P for a long time. Mm. So I think, yeah, he knew the players. When he mm. when he when he chose to take their core and all these big names out, mm. he knew the players to trust. I think they have to fire Xavi first. Um, they have to get in a new coach. And I think the one thing they need to do right is use La Masia to their advantage. I, I oppose Xavi Ole. You know exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing. Um, that's what that's uh, what what I'm opposing is <clears throat> is the fact that. For a club like Barcelona, where it's very traditional in its in its ways, you want someone who is bred in the team. A Pierlo. 
not not Andrea Pelo. Yeah. No, Andrea Pelo runs around. He went to enter Juventus. No, no, no. I think he's saying that type of. He doesn't go more than Xavi, because he started when he was 11 in the team, and he saw his career through into a team, and then he left for Saudi Arabia, where he'd eventually be the team where he learns the traditions of the team as a player to implement them as a coach and get them winning. Look, I'm I personally not convinced. You're not convinced. I give, I, I believe that Manchester United should, I look at me, Barcelona should give, Barcelona should give what man, to Xavi what Manchester United gave to Ole. Because what we've seen is that Ole, in his experience, he relegated Cardiff, he had battles with another team, I don't know which it was, till he got his job with Manchester United. When we look at Xavi, firstly, as a player, he's a serial winner. Yeah, yeah. And if the eye test, the eye test shows you that the man thinks, because he plays football at a different level and a different plane. Meaning that when you watch what he does with Al Saad in Saudi Arabia, you can see his, his football mentality being implemented in how the team plays. So he kind of has relative background experience, though not in Spain, but with his style of football, with a team that has resources, which you might say, if Barcelona pulls the strings, they might get to. So my chat is that if Barcelona stick with Xavi, he'll rebuild La Masia because that's where he came from. He was not a top prospect. He was just good for positioning and passing. So he has an eye for the games, considering how far he made it. And secondly, the team that he has, he will have backing from the fans, he will have backing from the board, and he has backing from his own IQ. I think six, seven years with Xavi, Xavi do something. Definitely. Well, we'll okay, we'll wait, stick wait, with wait. him for six, seven years. That's the, and that's where I was going with this, mm. right? Mm. We, we're, in a, we're in an age of football where you see a manager stay five years, whatever, they're out. Okay, maybe Pepe stayed more than five. Club uh, Club's 50 or something, mm -hmm. or something around there. But you don't necessarily see a team putting faith in a manager for that long if they aren't winning, right? Especially a team... <laughs> Just so United. But, but that was three years, right? That mm. was three years. Um, United stuck with Ole for three years, right? And also it was because of who were the other options. You know, mm. um, I think in a case of Barcelona where they know they're in a rebuild phase, United wasn't they, it wasn't as dire phase as as um, Barcelona, where it, United they had the money, they still mm. had everything, right? Barcelona doesn't have money to sign players now, mm. so what do they need to do? They need to stick to La Masia. They need to go back to their roots and say we are looking to produce players. But obviously now with the players that they're gonna produce, it's not a five-year project it's not a you know mm. because there are players now that are playing who are from la masia your gavi your nico your uh, not from, i don't know how yeah, to pronounce his they, name they are players who are from la masia but i don't really see these players winning a champions league now we need like two generations so of la masia. the same way Nkuli was saying 10 years right i think that's where we're gonna see Barca now getting back to their peak where they were in 10 years time whether it's still under xavi or not but I think Xavi has a really good role to play in getting Barca to where they are. Whether Xavi stays there for five years and now in five years their financial crisis has been sorted and they've found their next... Who can... they found their next Iniesta. I'm not going to say they found their next Messi. There's no... Nah, come on. But they've found their next Iniesta um, within, right? So who can now 
take the team and they build on with that person. Whether they choose to go back to a buying culture after that, that's up to them, but they're gonna fuck up their, sorry for my language, they're gonna mess <laughs> up their financials again, but they need to really rebuild La Masia firstly. Mm. And then they need to now bring those players into the first team where those players are getting regular playing time and then they get a manager who has the brains um, to take them forward. Xavi doesn't have the brains? I personally, look, we don't know. If Xavi, if, if because okay. also I actually wanted to add this, right? Xavi went to Saudi Arabia and he was playing that way in Saudi Arabia where the level is way lower, mm. right? If Xavi went to a Barcelona under 18 or a Barca B and he was doing those things in a Barca B where he was now winning, uh, undefeated at a Barca B, etc. That's a difference. That's different. Because now we in the Spanish country playing like this against these people who we're going to play against in five years time. But he was playing in Saudi Arabia where the standard is way lower. Mm. So it's easy to, for you to come in and say, guys, let's play like this, let's play like, like this, let's like this. And you have the financial backing and then you're going to win. So just like Gulli, man, 10 years before Barca wins their next Champions League. The Barca, ten, 10 years is maybe even uh, <laughs> a long time. for Champions League, but I'd say 10 years to start winning a league again. Shucks. It's been eight years for Manchester United. God knows how long for Arsenal. Uh, ten, ten years, ten years flies quickly, my man. It, 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 it flies. It goes. Pep hasn't won a Champions League in ten years. You know, now, now that you mention it, you sit and you They thing. have to get PK to retire. Sergio, Sergio Busquets. Busquets. Jordi Jordi that's the point. There's, there's so many things that need to happen. As ten years will fly. It. Trust me, as United fans, us, we've lived through it. Seeing Carrick retire, Liverpool these other. Oh. Yeah, and they they landed on gold with Klopp. Then they trusted the process. That's mm. going to be very important with Barcelona. Because, I mean, Klopp had what? Was it three years of no silverware? Mm-hmm. You know, now that's the question. Do you, do you give Ole another season? <laughs> He's losing four, four years. You see, and, and they're going to sh- fire Xavi under those circumstances. I don't think Barcelona has that time. Uh. They don't have the money and the time. At least Man United still have the money. Xavi's going to be gone for me. They need the vision. Because dog, you can't coach in Saudi Arabia and then think that you can compete in Spain every year, every week. Against Ancelotti. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, it's a hot one. Bobby Xavi is not lasting. That's you, just me. You, you know what? One day, we'll do the next episode where we'll discuss about Real Madrid because Real Madrid have been hot. And I was trying to just make an honorable mention here for Barcelona and their uh, qualification for Europa. Is it oh, a disqualification, yeah. Europa? But it's done what it has to do. We'd like to mention another special uh, recognition for England, jumping to cricket. Uh, England faltering in the hands of Australia at the Gabba. Mui, quick thoughts on that one, because Travis Head was out here with the century. No, I think what it, happened? it was a good, good start to the Ashes for Australia, the home country. England won the toss, decided to bat on a, a very green wicket, you know, bowler-friendly conditions. Bowled out for 147, and then the Aussies just... Yeah, from start to finish. I mean, we got off the first ball of the series and then from there. Yeah, they played very well. I think Pat Cummins in his first test couldn't have asked for anything As better. As a captain. Yeah, couldn't geez. have asked for anything better and things just went according to script for them. Yeah, and Osanele, finally, I saw his tweet. He was like, yes, go, first ball, let's go. And then... My man, look, ne? Um, England got it wrong. Uh, choosing to bat on that wicket, but also Australia. Uh, Pat Cummins said if he won the toss, he was going to choose to bat also. Yeah. So I think England just got it wrong in terms of from team lineup, um, leaving out Stuart Broad and, and, and James Anderson. Anderson. That's a poor decision. Um, they left both of them out. And then you you go and you choose to bat on that green wicket in Australia. I think ugh, it is what it is, man. Uh, but hopefully they can bounce back in Test two. 
because you don't want to see an ashes where you're just getting whitewashed i wanted to go i wanted to be competitive all the way till test five in the new year um and then we'll see what happens so what do you change for england bring in, bring in Stuart broad bring in james anderson drop rory burns <laughs> Uh, we've been crying for Rory Burns to be dropped since that India tour. Like, <laughs> drop Rory Burns. What's so hard about dropping Rory Burns? Ooh, just to bring everything into context, how the Ashes test went. England won the toss. They were like, we're going to bat. 145. They were all out. Australia came through. Warner almost scoring 100 with 94. So, 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 By the way, by the way, that first ball where Rory Burns went out in the first innings, Mitchell Stark got that ball off. It was wrong. Yeah. It was a bad ball. It was a bad ball. It was a bad ball. And he was bowled around his legs. As uh, an opener, come on. As an opener, that's no different than receiving a tap in being scored on your near side whilst you are hugging the post come as on, a goalkeeper. It, it, it makes no sense. It shouldn't be happening. But it happened. Rory Burns, dog, they they coming to burn your, your ass. Because I feel like French is the name of the, <laughs> of the episode today. Uh, but yeah, man, Australia was set a target of 20 on day four. Mm-hmm. Magic, you'd need magic for that to happen. Not even the lowest test score. The lowest test score is, I think, 23. Even that wouldn't have saved England's uh, buttocks. So that's how, <laughs> that's how the Ashes started. Four more matches left. England won. It was all nice and dandy for the for, for, for the Aussies. I'm sorry, Australia won. And the last honourable mention for you guys who love combat sports, Justin Dustin Poirier fell in the in, in the hands, literally in the hands of Charles Oliveira for the lightweight championship. You don't know, you probably don't know these people because the people the person you know is Khabib Namagomedov. He's been the one guy who's been owning. Kapib Namagomedov has been the guy just owning the UFC lightweight division until his retirement, allowing Charles Oliveira to get his hands on the lightweight championship. And that was a third round stoppage on his feet, on his back, being tapped out. But those are just the small mentions we wanted to bring you up to date with in terms of the final four. So to wrap everything up, Ladies and gentlemen, we had a thrilling F1 race, which is still hard to believe that it happened. Uh, after this episode, I'll go and digest. <laughs> Max Verstappen, you're world champion. Congratulations, mate. <laughs> Eight years after Sebastian Vettel's victory in the boot circuit in India, where he bowed down to his car, that iconic image, we have Max Verstappen who's made his way back and he has finally won it. Uh, there was no question that there's a point in time where he will win it. He's finally done it in 2021. We want to hear your thoughts on that. English Premier League is an up and down. Oh, everything is happening. It's the most dramatic football league in the world. We brought you up to speed with what the goalkeepers do, man. Goalkeepers are so critical. Love that. Barcelona, can they make it? We want to hear your thoughts, especially about that, because Barcelona is a well-famous club. Can they make it back? And how long? After Nguli asked. And the little touch-up in just catching you up with the Ashes and UFC. The next match starting next week for the Ashes. Who's going to make it? We don't know. But what we do know is that for us, it was our last episode for the year. I am so sad. Saddened by Lewis Hamilton not winning. 
and I'm saddened that I won't be here recording for you guys until January. But Bafeto, it has been an amazing season, season four, season three, season three. of the final four, brought to you by Goyasha Media. Today we are hydrated by Fox. Fox, go go grab it. Go have Let's a go drink. Go go drink and 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 be sad over Lewis Hamilton. And on that note, drink responsibly, not for sale to persons under the age of eighteen. Two, 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 two. Hey man, Merry Christmas to everyone <laughs> who celebrates. Happy New Year. See you guys in the next year. Until twenty twenty two, buffet. So that's been the final four brought to you by Kuyasha Media. It's been your host Mpendulo with MK Mbui and and Fanele. Plus one. Plus one. Plus one. And oh, studio host. One more thing. Max Verstappen, you're a world champion. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not ending on Max Verstappen. <laughs>